You've found a show that will explore how to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is both focused and balanced. Welcome to Live Exceptionally. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with demands on our time and attention, it can be difficult to find the space to truly live our best lives. But what if we could find a way to live exceptionally with a sense of purpose, freedom, and rest? Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Welcome back to Live Exceptionally, where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focused, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. Stay connected with us at elisi.org to learn about events, inspirational media, and more. Uh, today's episode, we're focused on stress, triggers, and busters as we talk to Tamika Morrow, a nurse practitioner uh, from Michigan. Why don't you go ahead and just uh, briefly share about yourself and your uh, background? Okay, sure. Well, my name is Tamika Morrow. I'm a wife and I am a mother of three amazing kids. I uh, just became an empty nester this year, so I'm really, really excited about that. Um, professionally speaking, um, I've been a, a nurse practitioner. Wow, it's interesting. I think I've been a nurse practitioner for about 15 years now, um, predominantly primary care, and then moved into holistic wellness as the Lord saw fit. Um, but I've also been called to prophetic ministry for about 20 years now. And so how I kind of got into Synergy Consulting, I was um, I was like, okay, Lord, I was you know in the medical field this time. I was working as a hospitalist. And I was like, okay, are we done with this medical field? I'm ready to you know move on to something different. And the Lord said, no, I need you to start this practice. And I'm like, start a practice? And so that's how I got there. And initially when we started with Synergy Consulting, it was more for diabetic patients um, because a lot of patients with diabetes, it was uncontrolled and they were suffering unnecessary complications. So my goal was to go in and give them that divided, uh, undivided attention, should I say, to help, you know, curb that, help them get well, be healthy um, and not lose their vision and limbs and things of that nature. But as we started um, the process, you know, the Lord started opening my mind to something greater. And he mentioned to me one particular time a patient came in that was pre-diabetic. And I went the traditional medicine approach on this patient. And when she left, I felt in my spirit a strong conviction that I felt my patient. And I was like, God, what is this about? You know, and he was like, you know, traditional medicine waits for people to get sick. And he said, people don't have to be sick. And so I was like, do tell. And so the Lord just opened my mind to this whole thing about holistic wellness and how he created the body to heal and repair itself. And he just started downloading to me all this wisdom and knowledge and understanding of how to get people from a place of sickness and disease back to health and wellness. So I had been doing that for about eight or nine years. And um, this year decided to close. I had uh, two practices, one in Flint, Michigan and one in Bloomfield Hills. This year, um, that grace was gone. And so I'm just doing more of a consulting role now. Awesome. I know when we first met, we met at a mental health conference 
about a year or two ago. Yes. And it piqued my interest when you talked about uh, that your practice focus on holistic health, uh, yes. because I do feel that a lot of things are tied from a mental health perspective to our physical body. And when you just share some of the unique, unique ways that your practice, how you treated and served your clients, you know, I thought that that was incredible. Yeah, it was great. It was actually, it was really great. Um, it was, it's amazing how people can present some time with a physical ailment and they think it's some physical diagnosis, but the root behind it is really something either spiritual, um, mental or emotional. And you'll be amazed at how, when you're able to address those three categories, how the physical presentation just disappears and resolves. So it's, it's our bodies are all uniquely wired and, you know, all connected. Man, I, and I think when you even talked about how the body can uh, self-heal, that mm -hmm. a lot of times when I think about people in my family regarding like all the medication that doctors are so quick to prescribe. And years ago, you know, when I lived in the uh, Caribbean, my doctor at the time, when things would happen, if I would have some type of ailment, you know, she would like look at my hands or look at my feet and mm -hmm. she would just say, simply she would never she would rarely prescribe a prescription but mm -hmm. she would say like you need to drink more water or you mm -hmm. need to eat more leafy green vegetables she would always try to find some type of natural way mm -hmm. to mitigate the physical area of concern um so i do think that when doctors or medical practitioners are clued in a bit more mm -hmm. aside from just like medicine that there are things that people can just at a can do uh, simple things that they could do in their daily lifestyle, what they eat, uh, exercise, et cetera, that can help contribute to their physical healing. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of sad because um, no fault of their own. That's how we're trained. You know, pharmaceutical company runs the medical industry, you know, so that's how we're trained drug, drug, drug. And, you know, we're trained natural doesn't work. Um, there's no evidence that whole thing, which is all a farce. But the amazing thing, God is doing something new because a lot of clinicians now, the, the light bulb is turning on and a lot of them are moving more into, they call it integrative medicine, where they're starting to incorporate these holistic alternatives, realizing that people don't have to be on these medications and that just some simple changes in diet or hydration status or dealing with mental, social, emotional, spiritual ills, how that itself can reverse chronic disease and restore people's health. So it's a, it's a good thing. A good wave is coming through. Yes. Well, with that in mind, leading up to the key focus of what we're going to talk about in this episode, what do you think are the critical uh, stress issues that are plaguing many uh, believers today? Some of the main things I see consistently over and over and over again, finances are one. Um, finances, family members, um, especially like children or spouses or parents um, even. And then another critical stressor is that I noticed, especially being a prophetic minister, when people receive a prophetic word um, or they believe that they heard from God about, you know, God's will and purpose or plan, then I notice in their mind, they feel like they have to do something to make it happen. Like they have to go into work mode, grind mode to bring God's will to pass. And because of that, a lot of people are getting stressed out, exhausted, tired, burnt out, 
And even some even fall into a place of unbelief. So those are some of the main key things that I know I have to um, help walk believers through um, that when God gives a word or he shows you a clip, you know, of your script, it doesn't always mean it's for right now. You know, the Bible said there's an appointed time to everything. There's a time to everything. There's a season. And so some people try to muster it and try to manufacture it to come before that appointed time. And it just doesn't work that way. But I noticed it caused a lot of stress. And then they start questioning, like I said, their faith. Did they hear this or did this person prophesy properly? And it's like it's this whole issue uh, where you got stress on top of stress. And so now because they feel like God is failing them in this area, then they, their trust in God start wavering when it comes to finances. Can you really take care of me? Can you take care of the ills going on in my family or my children? And it became, it became like this big snowball of events that, you know, as the, the fivefold ministry gifts in the body, as the leaders in the body of Christ, we have to be able to reel that in, restore people's faith, restore people's hope, not in us, <laughs> but in God and be able to walk with them in that journey because, you know, God loves us very much, you know, but he doesn't respond to our tantrums. I mean, he just, he's like, are you ready? Are you done yet? <laughs> so understanding we cannot force his hand. <laughs> I think that what you talk about is so different because a lot of times when people think about stress, they think about it from the perspective of just like, you know, job situation, uh, financial situations, but you tied your uh, stress issues related to like the fivefold ministry of the prophetic the words that we hear that are not yet fulfilled. And so the stress that we experience based on that, I think yes. that's a, a, a unique perspective. And we probably don't always think about that, but it, it's true. We start mm -hmm. living in an expectation of something happening like today or next week. And then when it doesn't happen, that's adding stress and sometimes anxiety and depression mm -hmm. because it hasn't happened. Exactly. When you think about some of the words, right? You think about the Bible said how we're the lenders and not the borrowers, right? And so people are like, we're the lenders, not the borrowers. You know, why do I have this horrible job? Or why can't I pay my bills? Or why do I have to take this loan out? Or why do I have to borrow the loan? So it's like it, it becomes this war and this conflict and it starts causing a lot of stress. And so I've, I've seen it, you know, come full circle. But that's a big thing that believers, you know, wrestle with. Even like, you know, raising their children, you know, especially if their children, you know, have their wayward moments, you know, have their prodigal son moments, you know, they, they struggle with that. Like, you know, the Bible said, if I raise them the way they should go, they should never depart. Or, you know, the Bible says that, you know, yeah, I bring my kid to church every Sunday. Like, I don't understand why this happened. So what I notice when I look at the, because what you reference is in the body of Christ, right? So in the world, they have those troubles. They have issues with children. They have issues with finances. But I think what makes it different in the body is because they're looking at the word. And based on what the word says, they feel like they should be in a different position. They feel like they shouldn't have those same struggles. You know, they shouldn't have those same issues. And so when they're now clashes with what the word says, a lot of them struggle and they get very, very stressed out. And some of that could tie to other things. Uh, so I was just about to ask you, what do you think some of the triggers are for that? And I'll answer a part of it, which I think some of that two triggers are potentially the lack of actually having a close relationship with God mm -hmm. and not in a negative way, 
But just as we continue to go from uh, faith to faith and grow deeper in the Lord, we also begin to know his ways. Like the more time we spend with someone is the more that we know their ways. And so sometimes if we are focused on always receiving a word, but we're not actually spending time with God, that could hinder our ability to understand and know his ways of the related process that is involved when we do hear those words after the after part, the process that we have Mm -hmm. to walk out after we hear the word. Right. So I think some of the triggers are one um, past experiences. That's like a big trigger for someone. Um, Even if they had issues, a lot of childhood issues, you will be amazed at how many adults are what they call arrested in development because of childhood issues. So past experiences, childhood issues, when they start seeing something familiar to something that was a painful experience they experienced before, they get triggered. Um, And then to your point, not having that intimate relationship with God, that that real knowledge of him, that experiential knowledge. It's, it's one thing to have a head knowledge where you you read the scriptures, you memorize it, but it's another thing to walk with Christ on this journey, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people, unfortunately, when it comes to the walk, they they look to leaders to to do everything. And I'm like, no, like this is personal, you know, between you and Christ. And so I, I noticed, I remember at one point in time, years ago, um, I had this thing that, you know, the body had everything we need is in the body. You know, if my sister or my brother have need and, and God has blessed me with to meet that need, I should meet that need. Like nobody should go lacking in the body. And I remember I was like, giant on the spot. If somebody need their light bill paid or their rent or whatever. I was just always there. And the Lord stopped me one day and he said, Tamika, you're not their savior. I am. I said, amen, God, like say that again. And so it's like what what God wanted to do was take them through a journey to encounter him and to meet him along the journey. So when they get into those rough places, they know to go to God himself and not call a sister or call a friend on the phone. And sometimes as leaders, we don't like to see people having to go through those travailing moments. And so we end up stepping in and interrupting and intercepting what God is trying to do in that person's life. So I feel like triggers is like I said, past experiences, you know, past, you know, behaviors or whatever, but then also not being able to fully walk that journey because it's just like, you know, like kids, we always want to rescue them for something, but sometimes they got to go through because if they don't go through, they want to experience the God of more than enough. They want to experience the God of abundance and the God of overflow because they always seeing somebody else rescuing them out of that situation. So I think between those two, just having the past experiences and then also just not really encountering God on the journey um, can cause trigger. So when they're back in the situation, they're spazzing out all over again. And a part of that, uh, we talk about past experiences, the, the fact that we have to learn from those experiences. Mm-hmm. Because if I feel like similar to the children of Israel, you know, they had those first encounters when God did the mighty deliverance from right. bondage to take them to the promised land. And I mm-hmm. felt like there was almost like these chances where mm-hmm. they weren't getting it right. But then mm-hmm. because they couldn't, they still continued to not get it right. Then they ended up where they couldn't go into the promised right. land because of never being able to fully embrace that God was their mighty deliverer. Mm-hmm. God was their Lord God, the sovereign God. Right. And if we 
don't begin to learn, hopefully through platforms like this or mm -hmm. people who are sound, full of wisdom to help process. No, these are triggers. These are stress issues. These are stress triggers. And this is how you handle it. This is how you process it. This is how you walk it through right. so that you're not continuously going through this cycle of past mm -hmm. experiences versus being able to overcome. Right. And, and that's a good point. Like you said, the Bible talked about how the children of Israel knew God's acts, right? They seen all the different things he was doing, but Moses knew his ways, right? Moses had that more intimate relationship with God. And I feel like a part of the issue too is some people in the body don't know the word, <laughs> you know? They're not spending time in prayer. They're not spending time in the word. Because truly that word is is true. The Lord said, if you believe, <laughs> all you got to do is believe, <laughs> you know? And it's like, if God says like, you know, you get put in those sticky situations, even if it is a, you're struggling again financially, but if God says that I will supply all of your needs, you know, I am your good shepherd. Like, you know, you shall not want, like you have to believe that word. You have to apply that faith. I always say faith is like the key that activates that word. And it's like when you apply faith and you actually rest and you trust God to come through, God said those that put their hope in the Lord would never be ashamed. <laughs> never. But you have to have that hope. You got to have that patience and that confidence of he may not come tomorrow right away when you want to. But if he promised it, guess what? His word would not return void. You just have to learn how to rest and be patient and waiting. Yes. I, I think sometimes when we look at uh, stress additionally, you know, we like with the world, you know, they do their meditation and, and it's not to say these things are not good because, you know, I talk about that even in my book about being still about uh, doing meditation. But the key thing that you just talked about, the meditation is not just this empty mindlessness, mm -hmm. but it's meditation on the word. Yeah. They're actually feeling ourselves, the the anxiety, the stress, the frustration, all the things, all the negative emotions that we mm -hmm. are feeling that we are one renouncing it uh, and then we're replacing it. We're replacing it with the word of God. We're replacing mm -hmm. it with uh, tools in our arsenal that God is actually helping, supporting and helping us to combat uh, some of these negative emotions and negative responses. Yes, definitely. But it goes back to the matter of the heart, you know, um, it goes back to what do you really believe? I mean, it, and that's really you know, people want to say, oh, I believe God, blah, blah, blah. I believe he is my Jehovah Jireh, you know. But anytime they get in a situation, you know, like what happened to your Jehovah Jireh? Like, did he disappear? <laughs> like, what happened? But it truly just has to be a heart check. And if people can look at that as a heart check, you know, and when they began you know, to fear or feel like they got to take control in their own hands, they should know that that's a heart check. Obviously, I don't believe that God is who he said he is. So because of that, I'm over here taking matters into my own hands, trying to figure it out. And no one would ever be successful with that. So in those moments, when you get those heart check moments, you have to repent and you have to go to God and just lay out before the Lord. I mean, he already knows where you're at. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're experiencing. And really, it's just like the children of Israel. He was like, my hand is stretched out. All you have to do is turn to me. Like, I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to redeem you. I'm here to restore you. I'm here to help you overcome these challenges, but I need you to, to trust me. I need you to, to reach out to me and to trust me. So if people can look at that and understand that God's word is true, 
And, and then when you start becoming anxious, when you start getting stressed out about something, you have to be honest with yourself and say, obviously, I'm not really trusting God to help me at this level. I'm not really trusting God to help me with this situation. Because what I have learned through the years is that when we get to that place where we truly trust God, no matter what it looks like, there is a rest <laughs> and there is a peace for the people of God that is so amazing. And it's like you get to this point where you get to watch God move. You get to actually see his mighty hand at work in your life. But it comes with that relationship. It comes with those rough patches. It comes with encountering him along the journey. And it comes with being able to just truly just relinquish everything and, and fully trust in him. I want to say someone passed the offering plate because you're preaching. <laughs> I think, you know, even with what you're saying, it's like, you know, the topic is stress issues, triggers, and stress, triggers, and busters. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if, you know, people look for a quick fix of mm -hmm. how they can handle stress, handle anxiety. And oftentimes it comes from that, you know, from our perspective as believers, that prophetic mm -hmm. word. Mm -hmm. But we don't, it, it, it takes effort. It takes work to actually like know the word for ourselves. Mm -hmm. when, when we think about a best friend or even our spouse, spouse or a close uh, friendship or a close relative it's like a it's time spent it's mm -hmm. time invested to mm -hmm. get to know that person to know right. them in a level that we could say oh this is a good friend or this is someone that we know it mm -hmm. came through time it came through effort and so I think sometimes in our relationship with the Lord you know it's easy to go to church potentially it's easy to hear mm -hmm. a preached word but that day-to-day effort and hopefully it would not be an effort mm -hmm. hopefully it would be something that we would enjoy that right. we enjoy daily spending time with god we enjoy daily spending mm -hmm. time with the word uh talking to god uh, meditating on his word yes. but a lot of these things that you're talking about from a stress perspective it relates to really just spending time with god and him mm -hmm. helping us to rest to relinquish right. our control we we can't control the things that mm -hmm. we, we might be experiencing, uh, but we can control how we respond. We can right. control how we allow our emotions uh, to mm -hmm. maybe overwhelm us or uh, take over and mm -hmm. to arrest them, arrest the thoughts, yes. arrest the emotions and allow the the power of the presence of God to, to help to, to mitigate those things. Definitely. Like I always say, you know, the, the Bible says that those thoughts, you know, how you're supposed to take those thoughts captive, right? And put them in subjection and obedience to Christ. Because when, how can I say, I want to put it this way. I'm not saying that, you know, we're just aloof and we have no stress and no, you know, issues that may try to knock at our door from time to time. But all I'm saying is that God has already provided that way out. When those stressful situations come, you have to pause and you have to ask yourself, what do you know is true? Yes. What do you know is true? Yes, they said they're going to foreclose on my house tomorrow. Yes, they said they're going to do that. Da, da, da. But what do you know is true? You know, and, and truth, not according to what man said, but truth, according to what God has said, what has his word said? And you have to hold on to that truth. You know, David said it was your word that I held on to that gave me hope. You know, and David was in stressful moments. He went to what he knew was true. And that truth is what helped him and gave him that hope and that faith that he needed to navigate through those difficult moments. 
So we have to be able to know what is true in any given situation. What does God say about this? What what is in his word? What is true? God said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? That's true. That's true. Meditate on that. Meditate on it. And what I'm telling you, I, what, I've seen the power of God at work when you put his word. So he said in his word, sometimes you got to bring my word back to my remembrance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Have me recall some things that I promised to you. And it's like when you hold on to that word and you meditate on what is true, I just feel like you just unleash God to be God in your life and to do the miraculous, to get that phone call from that same bank that was going to foreclose to say, hey, you know, for whatever the reason, we just thought that your payments was actually paid in full for the whole year. <laughs> you know, I mean, God can do those things. He's not limited. But like, man, he, you can't put him in a box. God can do the miraculous on your behalf if you trust in him. And so, like he said, don't be anxious for nothing. But with everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests be known unto God. Right. But have faith, you know, have faith, believe in his word, meditate on what is true. And when I tell you, you don't have to make any moves. You ain't got to make no calls unless he say, okay, now go call that person. Okay, now what I need to do is do to that. Be obedient. <laughs> so faith and obedience, you know, being obedient. And I'm trying to, I'm, I just really, really want the body to know that God is alive. He's still present and he is still moving on our behalf. And at the end of the day, we are guaranteed the victory. It ain't over till we win. That's what I tell people. It may look like you're losing, but trust me, you're winning. <laughs> it's not over till you win. But we have to hold on to that truth. That's true. You know, think on these things. We And that's where we have to focus our energy because if we keep on looking at the problem or the situation and we begin to magnify that greater, then we start minimizing God and what he's capable of. But if we start glorifying God and magnifying God and, and meditating on what we know to be true about him and who he is and what he promised, that make those problems look so small. And you just be like, okay, Lord, I'm ready to watch what you going to do to work this out for me. It's like it just takes your whole posture to a totally different level. Very powerful. What would you say from a professional perspective by your being a nurse practitioner, uh, which is, you know, the highest that you can go in your field, if I'm not mistaken, and then the business consulting that you do from a health perspective, what additional stress busters do you offer to people when like clients come to you about stress? I know everything that you're saying is true, but there are, are there any other professional tips that you'd like to share around how people can uh, handle stress? Well, 100%. Self-care is important. You got to take out time for yourself every day, not once a month, go get a massage, but every day you have to decompress from the day. So what I usually tell my patients is that even if they're married and they got 20 kids, um, every day take out at least 15 minutes for yourself. During that particular time, you want to shut off all the noise, shut off, put your phone down, don't turn on any TVs or anything, but just let that be a nice, quiet space where it's just you and God. You can, you can fall asleep if you want to. That'd be a great time to just meditate on his word. If there's some nice, gentle music, you know, that you want to play that with that's, that's soothing and, and peaceful, you know, you can play that. Um, or if there's a song that's in your spirit where you want to just go into worship and praise, um, definitely doing that. That's a way to release, you know, the stress from the day. It's a way to reground yourself and, and, and to settle yourself and to quiet your being, to allow God to come and usher his peace over you. Uh, but that's the thing I usually tell people to do. I also tell them to go and do something fun every week. 
And that fun looks different from one person to another. But whatever is fun to you, go and have some fun at least once a week. Um, whether it's going and laughing at a comedy show or going to do a salsa dance and you really can't get two left feet. I mean, it's fun, right? Or for some people, it's going outside reading a book. Some people, I mean, whatever your fun is, it may be getting with a girlfriend or whatever and having some tea. Um, but go out and have fun at least once a week. Um, then I always say um, once a month. You know, go and treat yourself, whether it's a massage, a spa day, a mani, a pedi, or whatever. Um, but that's also important. Then the other thing I always say is take a vacation. You have to take a vacation. You have to unplug. You have to get away uh, from the day-to-day -day grind, you know. So taking that vacation is important. Um, exercise is another thing that I say. Um, exercise helps. I remember uh, one particular time in my practice, those insurance companies, I swear they, they are Satan's uh, devices. <laughs> but, um, oh, I was so upset. And so I uh, signed up for this kickboxing class. And it was just great to release all that steam. And as I'm hitting that little punching bag, I was calling out every insurance company that gave me blues that day. <laughs> and the exercise is just so great because it was a way to release the stress, to release the frustrations of the day um, in a healthy way, right? They say when you exercise, these happy endorphins are released as well that makes your body feel good. I haven't really experienced happy endorphins from exercise, but I did experience when I hit that punching bag calling out the insurance companies. <laughs> but exercise is also an excellent way to help relieve stress. Um, two other things I usually recommend too is just going for a walk. It's just the quietness. It's, it's just the stillness is important. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was um, actual visual meditation. So I always gave them Psalms 23, right? Um, where it said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I told them to close their eyes and visualize that, that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Mm -hmm. You know, and I say, picture yourself laying down in this beautiful green field, you know? And then he leads me beside the still waters. You know, picture yourself, what does that look like? And what does that feel? Do you, you know, feel the peace. You know, feel the stillness of the moment, you know, and I have them meditate on that particular scripture. And it's, it's usually very, very life-giving. No, those are awesome uh, tips. I try to practice some of them myself, but then it's like life gets in the way, but it's like a commitment that at least once a week I have to do something fun. Uh, and then that whole daily time is something I'm I'm definitely trying to do. But I love that visual meditation mm -hmm. that we're not doing it mindlessly, but we're picking a scripture and then yes. just meditating, thinking about that and visualizing ourselves. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that's could definitely be something very uh, soothing and also mm -hmm. encouraging as well. Right. Uh, the word at the same time. Um, so yeah. As we uh, wind down one last quick question briefly, what do you think that leaders can do to increase awareness regarding the value of uh, robust stress management, busters, issues? How do we increase mm -hmm. awareness around this issue that I think are plaguing a lot of believers? Yes. I think one of the things as leaders, we have to model what you know we would want them to, to, to see, right? We got to be the model of it. So it's one thing that you talk about stress management, but they always see you stressed out. You run around the church all day. You're doing this all night. It's like, you know, you, you're answering this call. You're running over here. You're running over there. They see you stressed and they hear you up on the pulpit. 
tell me how stressed you are or or how it's been a long night or you barely made it home for dinner. <laughs> it's like we have to learn how to model the behavior. You know, follow me as I follow Christ, right? right? So that's one thing. We have to be conscious of our own stressors and start putting things at work. Because what I believe is that if we start doing it and we start seeing the impact it has on our lives, it's kind of like the gospel, right? You see the impact the gospel has on your life, you want to share it with everyone. So I just feel like it's something that leaders, we have to do first. And when we do it and we see the impact that it has on our lives, and it's so easy to share it for others. And it's also easier for us to make sure we don't add any additional stress, you know, to people. Because I know sometimes we we expect the leaders to show up at every service, at every event, and do this. And you got to work in the background in the scenes and doing that. And you got to do this over here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you got a full-time career. And I know you got a, a spouse and children. But you're a leader of the church. You got to do this. And you got to do that. So even that, we have to be mindful of the expectations that we put on people to make sure that other leaders and other people in the body of Christ is also achieving balance. Um, so I think those are some things that we could do if we live it out and we create a healthy expectations for people um, as far as their contribution and, and what does it look like to be a part of the body. I think that will help out so much because if they see it modeled, you know, I hate to say this, but sometimes um, they're like children, you know, and, and children learn by modeling. I mean, that's been taught for years and I find it to be true. They, they learn from their parents by not what necessarily their parents say, but what their parents are doing. You know, so that's how they learn healthy traits. That's how they learn healthy behaviors. That's how they learn how to respond if a trigger comes, right? Because they're watching what's modeled before them. So as leaders, we have to model what does it look like to be healthy? We have to model what does it look like to manage and handle stress? We have to model that because now that they see it, they know it's attainable and they can, they can be, it's like a discipleship, a discipleship on stress management. <laughs> they can be discipled and learn how to manage it themselves. But it's so cre it's so critical because something I noticed, and if I'm long-winded, Yvonne, you can always stop me, but it's so important because what we have to understand, sometimes I notice in the church, we don't fully reconcile the whole fact that we are the ambassadors for Christ in the earth and that we are God's representatives in the earth. But the world knows that. So the world is looking at us to see how is the church going to respond with this situation? How is the church people responding with that stressor? You know, so we have to let the world know our God is alive. He is on the throne. Look at me. Do you see me stressed out of pulling out my hair like the man on Wall Street? No, I can work on Wall Street and be at ease. That's how we reveal God's glory in the earth. You know, so we have to, as a church, like we have to understand who we are, what we're called to do, and how important even that message is. It's more than what we say to people. People are watching our responses. They're watching our actions and what we do. Yeah, it's uh, so good. Definitely, our, we respond differently, and we win mm -hmm. people through uh, how we respond. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to solicit your engage your services? Uh, is the information on the screen uh, the most effective way for people to reach out? Yes. Yep. The email on the screen is the best way to reach out. Okay. Well, thank Absolutely. you so much, uh, Tamika. No this problem. has been a very uh, productive conversation. I look forward to having you back and dissecting some other issues related to holistic health and mental yes. wellness. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. 
Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on your preferred podcast platform or YouTube and stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week. God bless. Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.